Do you love anime, gaming, movies, and discovering how your favorite pop culture affects everything you do? Then join us on Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect. I'm Nick Friedman. I'm Lee Alec Murray. And I'm Leah President. Every week you can listen in while we break down the latest pop culture news and dish on what new releases we can't get enough of. Whether you love movies, I'm going to tell you all about the uh, hopeful 4K re-release of Tron Legacy that happens. (laughs) (laughs) I'm right there with you. Or music. The music in this show is absolutely incredible. Or anime. And under this mask is another mask. (laughs) (laughs) You can discover your new favorites right here on The Anime Effect. Listen every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts, and watch full video episodes on Crunchyroll or on the Crunchyroll YouTube channel. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Good evening, everyone. A very warm welcome. Monday, 8 p.m. And we are back. It is the online darts live land. With me, Phil Bars, Jack Garwood, and Liam Riley is joining us today because... Boise is off sunning himself on some tropical island somewhere. I'm not sure where he's. Canaries, I think. Somewhere. Anyway. Was it Canaries? I made that up. Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's enjoying himself somewhere. So he's um, some, just getting some sun before the match play, shall we say. As if Blackpool's Do we think he's Do we think he's preparing for a Monday wedding? <laughs> either that or he's gone away for some secret work and he's going to come back with an outstanding pair of white teeth or something like that Simon Cowell style <laughs> but you never know uh, gentlemen good to have you on board as always chat room welcome along been a busy weekend of darts a uh, busy week coming up as well all eyes lead to the Winter Gardens. Uh, how are we doing? Daniel, James, uh, Carl is in as well. Owen, Matthew, Rose, how are we all doing? Um, but look, all eyes this week with the Euro Tour. Luke Humphrey, king king of Europe at the moment. We had the seniors, Robert Thornton, doing Robert Thornton things. So much darts going on. We had the ADC stuff, which I didn't see any of it, but it looked amazing, the bits I saw on social media. It's just literally every week there is something going on right now. There is. And that makes it harder for us to cover because me and you were in the same place, which meant we missed the other two. (laughs) (laughs) If in doubt, we'll we'll, we'll, we'll blag it. Um, It's all good. It's what what we do. We, We talk darting nonsense and fill in the gaps. Um, but no, look, it was a, it was a wicked weekend in Hull. Good to have Matty Edgar in the in the press room with us on comms as well. We'll talk about that later on. Um, but yeah, we got there on Thursday. Got got to the bonus arena, and it's a tidy little place to have tournaments. It's not little, but it is very very good. Um, yeah, look, I couldn't help but be impressed. It's a stark contrast to what we've seen 
so far on the seniors tour, being that we've been to two quite historic venues that didn't Lakeside is is a perfect size and, and layout for darts, but it wasn't built as a entertainment venue. So things for food, drink, Wi-Fi, connectivity, lighting, and all that sort of thing. A sort of second thoughts at the tavern and at the lakeside compared to what you can do in a in a modern environment. And I just thought that the bonus arena was a step to the future for the seniors. Um, and I, I really enjoyed being there. Yeah, Liam, how did it come across on TV, the arena? Yeah, I actually, I mean, we talk about the nostalgia with the other two venues, but in terms of crowd-wise production, I actually thought it, 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 it was the best one yet in terms of seniors' event. It seemed really good. I've seen a couple of pictures online as well. looked like a really good darts venue. Now, I admit, I don't know much about Hull <laughs> over here, <laughs> but... Um, <laughs> From from what I could hear on the on the TV, it seemed really really good, and it seemed like there was a good crowd there that um, this weekend or last weekend as well. Well, the first thing you need to think about have Hull, it has two Witherspoons within very close proximity of each other. The only thing I know about Hull is the only Fools and Horses episode when they buy a boat <laughs> and try and get across to Holland. <laughs> <laughs> but to be fair, you laughed. That was one of the options we were looking at to get gone home last week. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but also, chat room, let us know what you think. How did the bonus arena come across on TV? Like I say, we, we were there and it, and it was good. It had a real good vibe to it. How did that come across and translate to TV and viewing. Um, it'll be interesting to see and hear everyone's thoughts. So we'll, we'll jump straight in. We'll start with the seniors because it was the one we were at and arguably know most about. Um, there is the draw bracket. Um, So, where are we? Right, let's get out of there. Um, so, yeah, look, Phil Taylor kicked off the Friday night. Um, and let's be fair, after Friday, he obviously um, Dieter beat Trina. But then when Phil played Dieter, there were more questions than answers after the performance, boys. Yeah, look, after... Making the final of the the Masters just a few weeks ago and starting to look a little bit more like Phil. I don't think we're ever going to see Phil Taylor, 16-time world champion, bowing out at the very, very top of the game by winning the PDC match play again. But that, that guy isn't in there anymore. <laughs> Phil was on a little bit of a decline then anyway. And after not picking his darts up really following that retirement, then two years of, of COVID... He's a long, long way from that. But I think that the level we saw in him reaching that Masters final and then again, spoiler alert, in making the final of this one, is competitive, what we can expect. And actually, if he sharpens up on the doubles, I don't think the scoring was a million miles away at awful lot of his performances. It was just how far away he was missing doubles. But yeah, like you said, the match against Dieter on the Friday night, I couldn't help but be concerned at that point that, He'd done no work again. 
and he admitted he'd done no work again. But with it being so close to the Masters, I thought just a couple of sessions might tie him over, give him that bit between his teeth, get beaten in a final. He won't want that to happen again. And for the rest of the tournament, we'll probably talk about this when we get there, but I think the draw worked perfectly for Phil in terms of providing motivation. Uh, don't worry, I've got some clips teed up. Don't you worry about that one. Um, but, uh, Liam, what, what was your thoughts on, on Phil on night one? Yeah, I mean, I know I, I, I said it was a tough watch on Friday even. Um, I just felt that, I mean, it, it looked like a sh- I know Phil is never going to quite hit that level again that we saw him maybe in his last year, but I just felt like it was a million miles away from that. Um, and I suppose with some of these seniors events, you always question, is this the last time we, we might see one of these players playing in an event? Um, and it was so far below his level. I mean, it was all over the place um, on that Friday night. And we're thinking at one stage that Dita, um, when she took that big, I think, was it, was it a one five eight she took? I could be wrong with that. But uh, it looked like Dita could have taken control of the match. It was only Taylor Sartre improved the back end of the match that made him pull away a little bit. But um, a 75, 76 average is certainly not the Taylor we've ever seen before. Um, on that Friday night, and I was concerned for him. Yeah, no, agreed. Um, yeah, Owen, we'll come on to the Euro Tour after this, mate, but yeah, fully agree. Uh, Lendl is a balancing act. Um, as we all know, about you still have to have people that sell tickets in there. So, yes, look, it's a balancing act, and the seniors, it will move more towards ranking bases in time. But to start with, God, it's something that we've spoken about. You still have to have those names in there. Yeah, look, it's going to be key to the rest of the, the organisers about striking that balance, the performances, the level that we're seeing at the qualifiers and the damage that they're doing when they get to these TV events is the future of the tournament. But as long as it's con- it's in a period of growth, it's going to require those players that are headliners, that have been there, that have done it, that have, that people still have the, the demand to go and see scattered within yeah. these tournaments yeah absolutely um so the other last 32 games uh colin mcgarry beat keith della a3 and that one got a little bit spicy um boys um keith not too happy but mcgarry was sensational uh liam yeah really really good and it goes to show again um, uh, the the standard of these qualifier events, how good, how much of an impact that they're making when they get to the uh, to, to the, the, the the major tournament, so to speak. I mean, we've seen McGarry in this tournament average nearly ninety in his first match, then over ninety five in the second one. David Cameron, Richie Housen. I mean, there's some real pedigree with these players coming through, and they're a huge danger to the rest of the field. Um, but I was really impressed. I didn't read, I hadn't seen much of McGarry before. Um, he qualified um, this week, last weekend, but he was impressive considering Deller was probably the best of the the eighties world champions we've seen so far on, on the on the tour. Um, and I thought, it was, despite a little bit of needle in there, Gary done well, and it, it was a good performance from him on the opening night. Yeah, um, uh, yes, Big Johnny. We're not going to brush over it. We will talk about it. Um, then you had uh, Lisa Ashton beating Paul Hogan. 
Um, and this was a breakthrough moment for Lisa Gobb because we'd not seen the best of her on the seniors. We'd not seen the Lancashire Rose that we'd seen in PDC events and WDF video events. But in this one, the tide had turned. Yeah, look, I'm, I'm still not convinced we've seen the best of Lisa on the seniors stage. But to get over the line in particular, um, against Larry, who was incredibly steady at the Circus Tavern, um, just ticked that box off. Oh, sorry, against Paul first. Um, against Paul Hogan, <clears throat> just ticked that box off for Lisa. Just to get over the line once, allow herself to settle onto a TV stage. Obviously, we spoke to her after she completed that victory and the smile on Lisa's face when she walked in going, I've won one now, was it showed how much it meant to her in that moment. And actually, look, I'm still waiting for Lisa to go berserk. And she can and will go berserk on someone very, very soon. But that was a nice platform to get her into the tournament and, and just to settle on a senior stage. Yeah, Absolutely. And then Brian Dawson beat Tony O'Shea. It was the first overtime that we had in the last 32. It went to two clear. But Brian Dawson got the job done, Liam. And somewhat of a surprise. Yeah, I mean, Dawson was always going to have to play well to beat O'Shea. I mean, we, we've seen this this um, this competitive kind of mid-80s average from Tony across all of the events that he's played this year and last year. Um, Dawson, again, it just shows the, the strength and depth of the qualifiers that he managed to come through. And I think any of the players who draw one of these players from the qualifiers in the open round is always going to be up against it because of their regular match practice. They come through a tough field to get there in the first place. Um, and I, I, I'd only seen a small bit of Brian Dawson in the BDO previous to this, but it's a, that was a good performance from him to beat a big name as Tony O'Shea. Um, and it proves that he still has the game to be competitive um, in the seniors tour. Yeah, moving into the last 16, we've already spoken about Phil and Dita. Um, Peter Manley and John Part. Look, this game had us gripped. It went to the sudden death leg. Um, John Part was in cruise control. 5-0, 6-1. He had Manley all over the place. However... That piece of resistance, that will to win, coupled with a little bit of jiggery-pokery, shall we say, up there, um, got the job done, Gob. And John Park's expletives as he came out of the lift were quite entertaining at the end. <laughs> yeah, just a couple. I can't lie, Manley's had me in bits all weekend. Before the match, he come in and goes, I can't believe the bookies have got in favour. I was like... But he's won a game. You didn't play at the last event, whatever. Was didn't really know what to expect from Manley. He kept telling us he'd won a tournament while he was away. It was a, a seven-man cricket tournament. He beat his wife early on, and, and God knows else what. Um, but only only Peter Manley could walk back into the press room after that performance, being five 0 and seven three down, I think it was, in a race yeah. to eight, and go see. I told you the book. He's had it wrong. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I I did like it as well. That look, I know you're not a fan of it, God, but those dark arts are still there. We saw the darts getting taken out of the ball a little bit slow across the weekend, and those those little tricks don't disappear, which I'm a huge fan of. I'm not convinced they were tricks this weekend. 
I think Peter was knackered. It was just a good watch. Um, then Kevin Painter whitewashes John Lowe. Um, this will be the last time that we see John Lowe on a senior stage. He's taken up um, an ambassador role, which he's fully embracing. He, he loves it. Look, John had to be part of this first year of the seniors. And the, the action still looks as good as ever. Just the, the, the doubles were a million miles away. The scoring phase wasn't too bad, Liam, but just never looked like hitting a double. No, and I, even though Painter Whitewash is low here, still it's still a, a joy to watch John Lowe play. I mean, that action just it's just irreplaceable, really. One of the best ever. Um, I thought he'd nick a leg or early on. He missed a couple of darts at tops there to to take one of the early legs against Painter. I mean, it was always going to be a Painter win, um, but it was it was good that we could see John Lowe in action again. Um, he'd hinted that he'd, this was going to be his last tournament back in uh, after the World Championship early in, in, in February. Um, but look, it's just a pleasure to see uh, the three-time world champ play on the stage uh, that one last time. And I'm sure he'll he'll be a huge benefit in an ambassador ambassador role uh, going forward. Yeah, God, but it was it was nice to have him there on the final day to present the trophy and, and everything like that that goes with it. Yeah, look, that, that culmination in the time of the announcement, allowing John to present that trophy um, and, and telling the world that that was what was happening rather than seniors coming out of a post going, John Lowe is, is doing this, this and this, etc. It, it just rounded off a nice weekend and a nice three events for John as well. Look, it's been fantastic to have him in the tournaments. I don't think the board has gone the way that he would have hoped. I mean, look, you mentioned it earlier, scoring phase. I thought he was brilliant against Kevin Painter. He just never looked like hitting a double. He left to finish after 12, three times in eight legs. That's not a man that can't play darts. That's, that's just a man that was a little bit scared of it in a double. He, he just looked a little bit fragile up on stage as well. And I was concerned, actually, if he did it a leg on the, in the Saturday sessions when the crowd was so full, it might have knocked him over. <laughs> um, <laughs> Colin McGarry absolutely obliterated um, Peter Everson. A record average for a seniors televised event. Brilliant for McGarry. However, I'm just going to say it, Everson was dog shit. <laughs> I think that might be a little bit polite on the way that he performed. Um, look, with, with all the invited players... Especially in the first year, I don't think everybody's expecting ton plus averages from these guys and going, oh my God, get these guys tour cards, get them back in the mix. These guys can still compete. That's not what the seniors is about. That's not what the seniors is ever going to be about. It's about giving players over the age of 50 a balance of those that haven't quite made it as a pro or coming off the tour or those that sold out arenas and, and played all over the world at yesteryear doing it again for the fans and then giving people opportunity to go and see those guys and I genuinely don't think you can say that anybody has 
that's received an invite so far has, uh, has embarrassed himself or upset himself. You had um, Warren a little struggle with a shoulder injury at the tavern, but he was open about that before he got there. And you can see how much it meant to him, even at that point on stage. We didn't see any of that from Everson. For a man that was as vocal as he was when the Circus Tavern Field was announced about not being included, he, he let himself down massively. And look, yes, he did have a shoulder injury, but I, I don't think he was in any condition to even be able to feel that at that point. Um, it, it was embarrassing. Yeah, even look from the walk-on, it was just cringe. And it was just like... Oh. It's not yeah, a video I, I want to see I, again. I, 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 I think with the amount of um, emphasis that he, or the, 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 the sing-song that he made about not being included originally, there was always going to be more scrutiny on him going into this game. And I think 50, 54 average just... I mean, I know McGarry averaged uh, 95, but and, and it's, it's easy to play sometimes when the pressure's off. But Everson really um, should have done better and his words didn't really align with his performance, in my opinion. Yeah, that's what I mean. If, if you make the song and dance that was made, and then you go and average between 70 and 75 and lose 8-0 to someone that's averaging 95, I've got no problem with that. Um, but it was just everything that went with it. It was just, yeah. Um, <clears throat> then uh, Lisa Ashton beat Larry Butler. Uh, I was a little bit disappointed in Larry as well. I thought he played okay at the tavern. Um, just didn't hit it this time around, and Lisa was comfortable in. Yeah, again, another good win for for Lisa. Um, she looked really. She looked like she was progressing as she, as she went on in this one. Uh, Butler was really solid. I was kind of surprised um, in February at the the tavern how how solid he was. Um, back in February, but another good win for Lisa Ashton. Butler probably didn't quite hit that mid-80s average that we saw from him in February. Um, and was probably a little bit underwhelming. Um, but again, two wins uh, for Ashton um, was was impressive again to see her notch a second, a second win in the tournament. Yeah, completely. Um, yeah, Lee, Steve Beaton is old enough to play in the seniors. Uh, however, he still has a tour card at the moment, so we won't see him until he hasn't got a tour card, but yes, he is old enough. Um, and then this game was closer and better than I thought it was going to be. I don't mind putting my hands up. Terry Jenkins beat Ronnie Baxter 8-5, but I was surprised with, with Ronnie. I saw him playing in an exhibition late last year. I'm not going to lie, he was absolute pony. But he was competitive in this one, Gobbert, and made Terry Jenkins work hard for this. Yeah, I mean, look, the last time I saw Ronnie was at the uh, World Championship qualifier, and I think he won one game in, in three attempts. Um, and he was having severe problems letting go of the dart, which, which was the concern coming into this, that, again, Ronnie was quite vocal at that point about not being an invited player from the very, very start. Um He's been given his shot here, and actually, he's another one. Look, mid-75 average, 8-5, uh, against a, a very, very steady Terry Jenkins, who has been superb at the Tavern, semi-finalist there, unlucky at Lakeside. 
I don't think Ronnie's disgraced himself at all. And if you'd asked me at the start of this weekend if I thought that Ronnie Baxter would get on the TV stage again, I'd have probably said no. But after that, I can, I can see another invite in there for Ronnie somewhere. Yeah, no, no, I, I, I agree. Uh, then the last game in the last 16, the world champion, Robert Thornton, again, pushed by Brian Dawson in this one. Um, a couple of nervy moments for Thornton, Liam, but ultimately his class hold in the end. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I was a bit concerned looking at him at this game at, at some parts. I just thought how dominant he was in February. Uh, didn't wasn't quite himself uh, in the Masters the last time out, and and Dawson looked like he could have maybe t um, taken it at one stage, but again, the experience shone through, um, and he really took control of the match, and I mean, ended up with an 87 average at the end, which is it's very very solid, um, especially in the, the senior events. It will win with you most games, um, and and he he navigated through quite a tricky tricky tie i mean dawson was obviously full of confidence after beating oshie and coming through the qualifiers so like we said none of them qualifier games are going to be easy but um he navigated himself through to the quarterfinals in the end yeah and the last one in the last 16 martin adams an 8-2 winner over bob anderson but again this one was closer gob than that scoreline suggests that martin looked you could see he's gone away um he's had some work done on on his leg which he needed to get done. You, you can see he looked a lot freer, um, threatened the nine multiple times this weekend. But but Bob played played his part in this. He missed a couple of darts at a double early on, but that one could have been eight four eight five quite easily. It could indeed. And look, the one thing you can say about Anderson, even at his age, him and John are comfortably the oldest two players in the field, is if he just does not give up. He absolutely loves being up there. He absolutely loves competing. And he absolutely loves hitting a 180. Although I'm going to be the first to say it, I was gutted that that was not on camera. If you'd have heard the words in the press room, everyone, uh, it, was, it wasn't broadcastable because we were fuming. I went on a bit of a rampage afterwards as well. I can't lie. I went and screamed at some people. And then they were praying for it to happen again. And he went to treble in five times after the interval. And it yeah. wouldn't go in. Yeah. And as well, the production knew they'd got it wrong as well. Because even they were saying, come on, come on, do it again, do it again. Yeah. Just a big um, just, just Yeah. Just knowing what that moment meant to everybody at the tavern for him to reproduce it just would have been mint. There aren't many more iconic celebrations in the sport than that. That finger point. Um, so moving in quarterfinals, always a good one. And actually, I'm going to play the clip first. Um, we had Phil against Peter which is always enjoyable. Um, but after his after his first round game, Gob, um, Mr. Manley made it made it interesting, shall we say, and just maybe maybe spurred Phil on a bit because Phil doesn't use Twitter very often, but he'd obviously heard the comments because 
Said he was going to bring the shovel. Here's Mr. Manly at his best. No, I didn't do it. No, there's no tech there. You mean tactics, Phil? I don't, I've never I used them in my life. Box of tricks, is that I've how used you would say that? I thought, no, John's, I've got a lot of respect for John. Um, this guy, Amara, he's going to have it. He's going to have it tomorrow, I think. Uh, who am I playing? Uh, you're playing a certain Phil Taylor. I don't oh, know if you know that. Uh, he's threatened <laughs> to hit me over the head with the shovel, hasn't he? So, you know, this, this guy ran, I was around the pool, and this guy came up and said, Taylor wants to hit you with the shovel. Well, I don't think he could lift it now. So is he, is, is he going to get the full, oh, full gonna, yeah, yeah, Oh, definitely. Uh, you know, and tomorrow I won't like him again. But the next day, I think the world of him. <laughs> oh, classic Peter Manley, boys. Yeah, absolutely he, brilliant. He just, I was. Um... Oh, I was just going to say I was disappointed I didn't see the shovel after that. To be honest, but um, <laughs> oh, it's just he's one of them people when when he's won a game that you you go looking for the interview straight away as soon as you refresh the the feed i do anyway on youtube think, when when is, it, when is this interview going to be out because it's just priceless some of the stuff he comes out with um especially ahead of that game against phil um, i mean that's what he says on camera god knows what he says off camera i mean you said you boy said he was hilarious i can imagine that he is <laughs> uh, he's hilarious about a lot of subjects not just arts as well he's just a funny man um but as well, we um, we all went out to watch the walk-on for this one, and it was a little bit frosty, God, wasn't it? That that handshake wasn't a, a, a nice, polite one at the start or at the end. It was a, we'll do this for the cameras, but Phil meant business in this one. Yeah, as I said earlier, look, the draw couldn't have worked out any better to motivate Phil to reach the final. The chance for a cracker, Manly, and then what continues to be a cracker, painter later on he don't like losing against those two people and it's just there's the extra level that he needed to produce to keep him going in the tournament no matter who it was against and if it's against anyone but those two I'm not sure he gets up there if he plays a McGarry in the quarterfinals or if he plays a, a Martin Adams in the quarterfinals I'm not sure Phil Taylor makes the final but because right, he had right. that task against and then he had the battle against Kevin Painter as well. Just wheeled it to go on and, and, and get over the line in those matches. Um, yeah, like I said, there was a little bit of frostiness, manly offering his hand to help fill up to the stage, and it was shrugged off a little bit. I was like, ooh. Yeah, it was it was interesting. Then ultimately, Phil got the job done eight four quite comfortably. Um, quarterfinals, this was an absolute belter of a game. Kevin Payne's an 8-5 winner over Colin McGarry. Both averaged over 90, a high-class game, but McGarry had chances in this one, especially early on, um, Liam. And he, he may look back and just say, what if? Because although Kevin played well, took out some big shots, McGarry had darts to, to win legs early on. Yeah, and I mean, this is one of the highest standard games we'd seen. Um, we, we, we saw all weekend. Um, I, I was impressed with Painter the way he got the job done, but McGarry may be a little bit of a nerves, some nerves there, a, a big um, stage quarterfinals match against Painter, against someone of Kevin Painter's pedigree, of course. Missed a couple of them chances early on, probably played on his mind a little bit then going forward in the rest of the match. 
Um, but it was impressive, impressive from Kevin Painter to get the job done. And again, I mean, you look at them averages, very, very solid. Wouldn't look out of place um, on in the PDC tour at all. Um, so look, he might regret it. But then again, he did very well to get here. Won a couple of games, and look, he might regret Rui's chances in that one. But certainly going forward, I think he he'll learn a lot from that game. Yeah, then Martin Adams whitewashed Lisa Ashton 8-0. Look, Wolfie played some good stuff. A lot of missed doubles from, from Lisa, and you could see she scored well again, God, but it was just the, the doubles, and you could see her getting frustrated on stage because they weren't poorly thrown ones either. I remember three at tops, and they were all literally hugging the wires, and there was a couple tops to tens that were so close as well. Yeah, and it's not nice being in that position, I don't, like I said, I don't think Lisa was a million miles away, but the first couple of legs, you just want to get one on the board because you're fearing the worst. Then you start chasing a little bit, and then towards the end, it's more desperation. The emotions you go through in that 8-0, um, uh, just they, they make it so much tougher to get that one. Yeah. And I think that's what Lisa experienced in that moment. Yeah, completely. Uh, Robert Thornton, Terry Jenkins. This was a belter of a game, and Jenkins had Thornton... In bother, not for the first time. Robert Thornton scraps his way to, to, to a victory. The tenacious terrier, as we've now recalled him, just doesn't know when he's beaten. But again, signs that Jenkins was doing the right things as, as well, Liam, and could be a force on this tour. Yeah, I've been really impressed with uh, Terry in the, in the couple of events we've seen this year. I really didn't expect too much from him. Um, but, I mean, he's just so solid. He's just so difficult to put away. Um, averages mid 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 eighties all the time. Just keeps tipping uh, tipping away, hitting the trebles, solid on his doubles. Um, and at one stage, I thought Terry had Robert on the ropes and, and nearly took it. But uh, Robert again, all weekend found a way to to come from behind and dig really really deep to uh, to finally get over the line. And again, another impressive performance from Robert. But Terry, whoever he plays on this tour knows that they have a match on their hands and they're, they're really going to have to dig deep to beat. Um, yeah, uh, we'll touch on that one in towards the end, uh, Karen, about who's coming up to 50 and everything like that. Um, semi-finals, these didn't, these didn't disappoint. Um, first up, Robert Thornton beat Martin Adams in an absolute belter of a game, both averaging 92. This was a proper tie. And again, Thornton had to dig very, very deep, Gob. Very deep indeed. He had to win six legs on the spin to get over the line. Martin Adams had him exactly where he wanted him. Thornton flicked the switch a little bit. And at the same time, Martin started to go the other way. It, it just became that little bit too long for Martin at that point. Um, he, he's still in incredibly good shape, considering how much older he is than some of the rest of the field. I think when you, when you look at Martin, but the fact that he has had leg issues has, has just restricted his practice a bit. And he, he was honest about it afterwards when he came and, and spoke to us that it was just too much for him at that point. Yeah, I mean, I was really impressed with a couple of performances the weekend. It was much improved. I think it was probably his best tournament, even though he reached the final at the Circus Tavern. Um, I mean, averaging 92 is, is not shabby at all on stage. I thought his scoring was much better, but I was a little bit gutted now when at 7-3 he didn't manage to get over the line. 
Um, but again, credit to Robert with the way he, he fought back. I mean, he, he does know when he's beaten, you think, 7-3, two more legs for Adams. He was bound to win at least two more in the run-in at the back end of the match. But again, dug deep, did what he had to do and, and flicked the switch to uh, to prevail in, in probably the highest context. In, in, if you look at averages and, and, and scoring-wise, probably the best match of the weekend in terms of quality. Yeah, I just loved every minute of it. Um, then the other one, we went into overtime, deep into overtime. Phil Taylor edged out Kevin Painter 12-10. Both players had match darts. Both players missed match darts. It swung one way, swung the next, Liam. But ultimately, Phil found a way. And there was a couple of bullseyes that he hit in there. And double eight has been his nemesis over his career, but it was certainly his friend in this one. Yeah, I don't know about you two, but I just felt that Taylor was never going to lose it. I know it was really close and Painter had match starts, but I felt Painter kind of under underperformed a little bit in this. And maybe the, the whole thing about Phil being back in the semi-final and the, the nostalgia, the scars before, just came to prominence a little bit in this match for Kevin Painter because it was well below what we'd have expected from him before. Um, I thought after his match in the quarterfinals that he was nearly the man to beat and he'd, he'd go on to the uh, to prevail into the final. But Phil, really good performance, dug deep again. Um, and, and that I mean, it was swinging left, swinging right. And uh, eventually he, he uh, got the job done. Yeah. So we had a final. It's a final we'd seen before on a PDC stage. It was Robert Thornton against Phil Taylor and again at one point God we thought that Taylor was going to go on and win but again this little this little guy from Ayrshire doesn't know when he's beat and Robert Thornton makes it a double again we went into overtime 12-10 Thornton found a way to win two of the three world seniors majors yeah, he did. And look, there was a period where the longer the match went on or the longer that it stayed close or level, you just would give in Taylor the advantage, which which felt mad given that Thornton had won the first event and it still wasn't prime Phil Taylor. But it just had that feeling about the entire event. Um, and again, Robert Thornton just flicked a switch exactly when he needed it. That first dart moved from the bottom of the treble wire to the top of the treble wire. And those tons became ton 40s, ton 80s. And it just gave him that bit of breathing room in the legs that he needed when Phil was throwing tons and 60s back at him. That, that extra scoring power for two or three legs turned it around. Yeah, completely. And Liam, Robert Thornton is adamant. We've got some clips which we'll play shortly, but he is adamant. He wants that tour card back. And what we're seeing in this scene's events... I don't think he's going to be a million miles away either. No, I, I was a bit, um, I was a bit uh, disappointed when in, at Q school earlier in the year that he didn't quite perform, considering uh, the capabilities that he has. And I think that competitive nature, he's had a good year um, outside of the uh, off the tour this year. I mean, he's played a lot of online um, stuff as well in the live league. Uh, looked really, really good, battle-hardened with the matches that he had here today. And I think if he can keep up this this solid, gritty performances that we've seen from him in these senior events, that 
he's going to be there thereabouts um, when tour cards are being handed out at the start of next year, I think. Uh, and he'll be he'll be vying to get one back. Yeah, I completely agree. Right, we've got some clips. We'll do we'll do the winner first. And we'll start with a very happy Robert Thornson. She won it. It's basically against sixteen time champion in the world. I mean come on. I mean you can't ask for any feel on that. I was saying, even though it's the seniors tour, does it still mean a little bit more when you beat the great man in a final? Of course it does. You've seen the way he plays. I mean, come on, he's not practising. Don't me. He's still practising. Do you know what I mean? He wants to win these. Of course he does. Everybody does. Yeah, I mean, come on, give that a bash. Just because you're over 50 doesn't mean you're finished. Love that. Just completely agree. Yeah, tells it how it is. Then we'll go. Hang on. I don't, I, no, I, I don't think Phil is practicing. I'll say that. And I don't think Phil is. I think he's throwing a few. I don't think he maybe is doing as much as what he could. But I don't think he's yeah. done nothing. I agree. Um, right, here's Mr. Taylor. Oh, this means got a grip and Yeah, I really wanted to win this. Robert did what happy chances. How many chances? But just... Clip the doubles, honestly. Do you feel that you're now the closest you've been to clicking in the seniors? Uh, can get better, honestly. Got to go home now and improve. Got to go back tomorrow, which we're going to go back at six in the morning, get back so I can practice. So 12 o'clock in the morning, I'm going to get back on the practice board with Matthew and my grandson and and just practice a bit harder. Mm, killed me, killed me a little bit. You know, I had to admire Robert because he stuck in there and he hit the right shots at the right time. His finishing was phenomenal. He was brilliant. Still hurts him, doesn't it? And we could see that um, when he was stood behind him. He doesn't like watching other people lift trophies on that stage, does he, Lim? No, and you, we, we saw at times, even in the semi-finals, the emotion that he showed with, with some of the, the, the out shots that he was taking, uh, real kind of animated um, celebrations on the stage. And look, I think he is practising, maybe not as much as he used to, and it doesn't come as easy to any of these players that it used to. But it, uh, it's it's snapping away at him there in the background. He's there's two finals that he's lost in a row. Knows he's probably not quite at the level that he that he can be at, even if it's not those hundred averages from back in the day. I still think there's another level in there. My only worry would be is that it's so long now into the next event. Is he going to be able to maintain that practice for the next six or seven months uh, ahead of the World Championship next year? It's a big, uh, it's a big ask. I think we'll see him booking in plenty of exhibitions and working his exhibitions around as his practice. Uh, also, we've got a couple of other little clips here to play. We'll, we'll do Wolfie first of all. Yeah, I think it's fantastic. I mean, it's, um, it's part of, you know what I feel, it's part of the evolution of our sport. Uh, and this this end of this side of it, end of it, quit what you like. Uh, yeah, absolutely developing great. Can other organisations take note of what the World Seniors are doing? Absolutely, of course they can. Yeah, without a doubt, yeah. You know, it, it, you have to evolve. Um, it's just the one thing that's lacking with the World Dance Federation at the moment is a little bit of evolution and, and growing and spreading your wings, you know, but because at the moment it's all still samey. And I know the guys that run the WDF won't like me for saying that, but I'm sorry, boys, it is very samey. 
Is that what it felt at Lakeside this year when you were back there to play in their tournament then? No, not from not from that point of view. That's a headline tournament. So from that point of view, no. But if you're doing things like the Scottish Open, or the England Open, and the Dutch Open, it's all sort of same all the time. You know. So that's me. That's you. Rightly or wrongly, that's me. Interesting from Wolfie boys. As ever. <laughs> I think. When someone who's been as successful at that side of the game speaks out the way that Wolfie does, then you know that we need improvements and, and we need changes and that side needs to to move on a little bit and get with the times, perhaps. There's a reason that the BDO darts died out as a whole, that even its TV-level tournaments, etc., started to struggle. Um, and I think the thing is... It's not scathing, it's not an attack, it's not personal anyone, it's just a honest it's almost constructive criticism that other organizations need to modernise if they're gonna stay relevant. And look, we're seeing great things from the ADC right now. The seniors is, is committed to growth and the PDC continue to be the top boys in the business. And at the minute, you have to say the WDF are getting left behind a little bit. Fully agree. And the last one, which is, is interesting, speaking to Lisa, she said a couple of really, really good bits as well. I'll play as long as I can and keep the level as I can, and I'm just enjoying everything. The opportunities I've got, that's what you have to do now because darts is darts. The opportunities, PDC, Moulders, we're not having to talk hard, and WDF. I'm enjoying everything and just keep going as long as I can. I know you were disappointed to lose your tour card, but now you've had time to digest it, is it maybe better because of the, all the other opportunities? I know you love to play with the PDC, but it limits you, doesn't it, from just the pros or and everything like that, where now you can do everything. So is it kind of better in a way? It is. I was gutted when I lost it, and I will try to get it back, but the opportunities that I've got and what's available, it's good for me at my age, and I'm going to try to take everything in, what I can do, and then just see what happens next time. Interesting that she's not the first high-profile, as in terms of not your top end of the game, but your people that have got big profiles and the people that have won stuff that are now openly speaking out about having a tour card isn't the be-all and end-all anymore, boys. No, I, I think we've seen more so in the last year how many extra opportunities are provided to those who don't have a tour card. I mean, yes, look, the money is brilliant if you're successful in the PDC. Um, and if you are, if you have that um, that competitiveness to compete at the, the top level of sport, it's a great opportunity. But with the, the opportunities being provided outside of the one to eight, there is a possibility um, with Challenge Tour, with the, the online Darts Live League, with the Seniors Tour now for the over 50s to make decent money, not with not without a tour card. And I think it's a lot of these players are appreciating the, the extra opportunities that they have now compared to a couple of years ago. Completely agree. A um, couple of bits on the seniors in the chat room before we move on. Um, there was one. Uh, is there anyone of note, um, not yet 50, that will be 50 when next year's tournament comes around? There's a there's a few on the cusp, Gob. 
isn't there? That we'll, yeah, that we were having a look over the last few days. Um, John Henderson will turn 50 in May next year, should he lose his tour card. Uh, you've got Steve Beaton uh, looking like he might lose his tour card. Um, Glenn Durrant, another over the age of 50, whose tour card hopes look pretty slim right now. Um, then you've got the likes of Wayne Marder is 49. Colin Lloyd is 49. Mark Dubbridge is 49. Um, who else did we come up with? Obviously, you've got Simon Whitlock, Peter Wright, Gary Anderson, all over the age of 50, but I wouldn't expect them to be involved anytime soon. Steve Beaton, another, yet. Yeah, there's a whole group of them that are now looking at this as a viable option. Mm -hmm. Especially with the announcement on increased prize money for TV events. More yep. chances, more opportunities. Yeah, exactly. Like you say, the good news carried on rolling. There will be there will be four TV events next year. Increased prize money, guaranteed two hundred thousand pounds in prize money for the World Seniors events next year. Yes, there are some open series events and qualifiers still this year. Gob, have I got that right? Two open series, one in Annick, um, or just north of Annick. Uh, and then one in Manchester, and then the final qualifier down in Reading in October, November time. Um, yeah, it's, it's not all done. There was a lot of doom and gloom yesterday. The seniors was over for the year, and I was a little bit like, no, it's not. It's over in front of the TV cameras. Although I, we have had conversations about uh, having a streaming board for the world qualifiers. So hopefully that will return. Decent. Um, one thing across the weekend in Hull and in Germany, crowd issues again. Paul Hinks had to have a word a few times, and there were a few, a few scathing texts or sorry tweet, tweets from from players or players managers in in Germany. Look, it's not just a PDC issue anymore; it's a darts issue, Gob. Yeah, I was I was quite disappointed that. Keith Dell has stopped a couple of times. He stopped at the lakeside and now he's stopped here in Hull because of shouting out and that Paul Hinks had to have a word. And I just, I, I don't understand the mentality of turning up to throw, to shout out or whistle or screech when somebody's throwing for a dart, throwing a dart at the hockey. Like in between or cheer for your own player, absolutely fine. But the minute you're shouting out, especially in a venue that isn't holding, Seven, eight thousand people, and, and individual noises get lost in it. When you are in a venue where an individual noise can carry and be clearly heard and, and picked out by somebody, I just think it's wrong. And I, I genuinely don't know what the answer is anymore. You just have to start getting rid of these people. Yeah, and I think for the most part, the crowd uh, in Hull was was very good from what I could hear from the, uh, the television point of view. I did notice in the Adams and, and Robert Thornton game yesterday, there was a couple of obvious whistles when they were going for doubles. Um, and I know it wasn't the only match of the weekend, but 
I mean, singing in tandem is absolutely fine and it creates an atmosphere. But when you, like you say, when you purposely whistle or shout to put someone off in such a, in a sport that takes such a high level of focus when throwing a dart and, and any minute um, deviation from the sound levels in terms of a screech or a whistle can put you off, I just think it's totally unacceptable, really. And I'm glad that Paul Hinks um, called certain individuals and not directly out but address the crowd when it did happen yeah interesting that is for sure so from Hull we go to Trier in Germany and apologies we are we we had it on in the press room but we didn't watch every dart thrown so if we miss stuff chat room you may have to help us out here a little bit um first up with the Euro Tour there is a huge issue that is getting worse and worse as well. This isn't crap. This is the three buys before a dart was thrown. This is an issue that needs sorting and sorting quickly. That this is happening. Yeah, and the issue is every there is a solution to it. Quite a, a, a clever solution to it that the PDC Europe created, but because it didn't create it till event two or event three. The PDC won't allow them to implement it halfway through the tour. We have to wait till next year in that the qualifiers will create a reserve list and the next players up will, the home nation qualifiers or, or whatever, the qualifier closest to the event will create a reserve list. And those next up on that list will be invited. But because of the consistency issues with the PDC, doesn't look like they're allowing that to happen this year and the number of buys at events at Euro Tours and Pro Tours isn't just a Euro Tour issue is becoming a bit of an issue my issue with that is although it does solve part of the problem if a seed pulls out then it should be adjusted accordingly and I, I say that in relation to, with the greatest of respects, some of these host nation qualifiers are nowhere near good enough. And if a seed drops out, take this weekend, for instance, James Wade should have got a shout. If, if they're doing it that way, the call should go to do it that way first, for me. Yeah. Not just, oh, and I'm using him as an example here. I know you played this weekend, but he's one that's pulled out late before. Gezi gets the ump, doesn't want to play, pulls out on a Thursday. You can't replace Gezi with someone that has won a qualifier from deepest, darkest Germany. No, but then the issue is the travel time and whatever else. How do you, how do you solve that? Do you take 17th seed to every event on the premise that they might play? And, and pay for them and accommodate them because the players are getting fed up enough of travelling as it is, especially if they're not going to throw a dart. I don't think... Then you get the question of, of who funds that. I, I get what you're saying, but the issue is the travel time, the journeys, especially in the current <coughs> airport climate. You schedule the TV correctly, that... If, if they're going to try and get it, right, and we're using James as an example because he's not in the seeds at the moment and he's on that cusp, is he 17 or 18 or whenever he is, that seed 
Seed pulls out Thursday night. The call goes to next, and we'll, and we'll use James because he is the next one on the, on the rank. James, there's a sit, there's a gap. You're not here. You're next. Can do you want to try and get here? If the answer is yes, you schedule it so he plays last that in the night to give him every opportunity to get there. I get it. It's just it's just more difficult at the minute given. The fact that half the players didn't have their own luggage. We'll, 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 we'll come on to that in a minute as well because that was that was quite funny. Uh, evening, Mace. Hope you are good. Um, um, Sam says if Gazi pulls out, then the seat should just all move up on the jerk. Yeah, but what we're saying is that they, like James Wade hadn't qualified for these Euro tours, but he would be the next one that jumped up to a seed. But he, but he didn't qualify. So you'd have to get in there. Um, uh, yeah, oh, 100%, it, it, it's a risk. But with the modern technology in darts available, you can now take darts in hand luggage. Bob's looking at me blank there. Uh, no, I, I'm not sure it's on all dark. I'm not sure how okay. Jeff Smith gets around. He removes the points. I was about to say that even if you haven't got the Swiss point technology, you can remove the points from your darts so they are separate, so they're not classed as a weapon. I, I don't think that's a solution. I think for the rest of the year... What PDC Europe need to do for any player based in the UK, the next time they qualify for a Euro Tour event, is take an additional case with a couple of spare sets of darts in and a couple of spare sets of flights and stands. And PDC Europe just get a massive suitcase or flight case that travels around with a stage set up so that every player has a backup set of darts that travel with the PDC Europe until the end of the year. So we don't get Mer King from Callum Ridstars? No. <laughs> and not honestly, for the sake of one flight case, to chuck a couple of cases of darts in, it gets moved around with everybody else. Nobody's going to go pick up the wrong case, are they? It's not these professional darts. It's not your local tournament where... Somebody's going to go half inch in your dart set. Everyone's in the same position at that point. Yeah, right. Snake bite is yeah. the exception, but he'd have to pick a set. And actually, that might work for him. Stick a couple of gold elements in there. That's what he's stuck with. Right. But the amount of yeah. cases, the modern cases, can hold two or three sets of darts made up. I've seen cases that can hold four sets, fully made up sets of darts. Chuck them in, PDC Europe, look after them. Give one person from PDC Europe the key, even make it lockable, right? Don't let the players just go in and access it as and when. They go and pick out their own set in front of a, a, a PDC official when they need their set of darts if they don't arrive with them for travel. Don't be relying on it as a system. But as a backup, it just makes sense for that group to look after one set that travels with the rest of the stage setup. It's, a, it's such yeah, a, a small, basic thing that will protect all these players 
to at least have their own set of darts. Clothing, well, different like matter, the... but yeah, a polo I shirt, a spare pair of trousers and shoes. I did but... like Mervyn King playing in the PDC security shirt. Yeah. See, the problem is they'll have to have one whole lorry dedicated to snakebite. <laughs> yeah, sorry, you're, um, you're, you're overweight. You lose a few of those um, look, look, when you look when you look at it deeper and we'll get onto it in a minute Mervyn King not having his darts has effectively cost Mervyn King a spot in the match play which put him in a very very difficult position to be there yeah through absolutely no fault of his own yeah no, I don't disagree on that um, which will come on to. But moving on, Saturday afternoon, like we say, we didn't watch all of these games because we were in Hull. We've seen bits and bobs of them. But James Wilson being Johan Instrum, look, just, we're not going to go through every game. But Scott Williams was the standout on the afternoon. That result was huge for him because he is now banging contention for the, the match play, boys. Yeah, and I know it gets... Um... It gets branded, it changes every week, but Scott Williams, in my opinion, is the best non tour card holder in the world right now. I think he's formed the money that he's gathered this year from these events and PDC events in general is just um, staggering. And I mean, he's really used the the live league as a springboard um, and sh has shown again that you don't necessarily need a tour card holder and he really is going the right way about getting a tour card um, that, the, the difficult way really yeah completely um, again good wins for Cameron Menzies and Ian White as well very good weekend for Diamond we'll talk about him later on uh, the evening session Martin Lukeman again adding more money to his tally which is great uh, there's the resulting question Sebastian Bilowetsky uh, beating Mervyn King, um, six four. Mervyn King, bit of um, bit of an odd time for him right now. Callum Ridge six three. Uh, Madas Rasma over the line, and then the start of what was a brilliant weekend was Roby John Rodriguez beating Danny Knopp at six five. Um, and going back, Noppy had an opportunity there, and it could have been a, a different weekend, but Roby was sensational. After that, moving on to the Saturday. Um, again, there, there was a there was a certain party at Matchroom HQ, which we've seen all over social media. So there wasn't one one of these made for Sunday Saturday evening. How rude of them, boys! <laughs> what a lovely time. That explains a lot. Only was there nothing there. There was there was no updates at all for three and a half hours. That's because they were all at um at Mascals enjoying 40 years of matchroom. Have you not seen it on social? It looks amazing. I saw the party, but it's only just now that I put two and two together. Yeah. Yeah, there was no matchroom boxing show this weekend, and all the darts boys were there that I've seen from Instagram stories. I was um, upset that one graphic world seniors went out late, and then I realised PDC hadn't posted for four hours while I thought it was going on. I felt much better about my job. <laughs> <laughs> um, this was seed again. Again, this was just absolutely insane. Um, I'm going to read them off the draw bracket that I've got in front of me. That although all the results, it's up there. It's easier for me to read it off the screen. Uh, first up, the number one seed departed. 
Roby John, we touched on him earlier. This was a fantastic performance, averaging nearly 97 to absolutely smash Gezi Price. And a missed opportunity for Gezi because a good run here meant he's in touching distance of that world number one spot again. And if he'd have gone deep here, the chances of him going to Blackpool as number one seed would have been huge. Feels weird yeah, talking I mean, about that it, because it happened for a while. Yeah. Um, look, I can't help but think that if he didn't have an exhibition on Friday night, he wouldn't have been there anyway. Um, but the fact he was, it was it was an opportunity missed. Um, Gabriel Clements beating Daryl Gurney six five, and this is Clements' <laughs> best performance on on a stage I can remember for a long, long time, averaging ninety eight and a half. Lim, we haven't seen that Clemens for a while. <coughs> no, I mean, um, I mean, we we we've, we've seen before the capability of Clemens. Um, he hasn't quite kicked on recently as much as we probably expected him to in the last year or so. Um, but it just shows that the ceiling is very high for Clemens when he does kick into gear. Uh, and, and a big scalp for him over Daryl Gurney uh, last weekend. Yeah. Um... Then Nathan Aspinall safely through against Jermaine Watamina. Scott Williams, this is the result that put him in huge match play contention. He beat Johnny Clayton 6-4. Johnny Clayton's averaged 103 and lost the ferret. Not done a lot wrong there, um, but Scott Williams is going places, and we'll touch on him when we look at the race for the match play. Um, the number four seed, Jose de Salza, got pumped 6-1 by Wesley Placia, averaging only 80 Jose de Salza. There are huge question marks. I know we say this every time, but he's not answering them. He's not giving us anything at the moment, Gob. And the more these performances are there, the more we're going to say, was it a fluke? Was it a one-hit wonder from Jose de Salza? I'm not sure it was a fluke or a one-hit wonder. Jose de Salza was a for a, a period of 18 months or so, an incredibly capable dark player. You look at the fall of, of Glenn Durrant as well. Ian White's dropped a lot. Adrian Lewis. They're all players that have struggled in the last 12 to 18 months to back up previous form, if you like. Lewis, a little bit more extended than the others. Um, so, yeah, look, I don't think it was a fluke. There's certainly going to be a question around did the slam being played behind closed doors helped Jose because you saw his performance at the World Championships against Michael Barnard in front of a crowd that was, quite frankly, terrible. And then out of nowhere, Jose de Salza becomes one of the most capable dark players in the world. So, look, I think to call it a fluke is incredibly harsh. But I think given that he struggled a little bit with COVID, he said that the jab affected him a lot. Um he does seem to have a little bit of a snatch in his action, which says struggles to cope with pressure a lot. Um, yeah, it's not a fluke, but I think there are things that have crept into his game over the last 12 to 18 months. And a lot of players have said this as well. Even Barney said it. When you've got a target on your back, it's completely different to being the unknown and, and the chaser. When you're being chased, it's a, it's a different world. And I'm not sure Jose's coped with that at all. Uh, everyone knows my thoughts on that, but yeah. Um, then uh, Martin Schindler edged out by Manus Rasmus 6 5. 
Uh, Rob Cross being James Wilson, 6'5". Christopher Tyski, surprisingly being by Luke Woodhouse, Liam, 6'3". That was a little bit of a surprise. Yeah, good result for, for Luke Woodhouse. Christoph, I mean, it could have been, I mean, if it had won, it could have been a big opportunity for him to go on a run this weekend. Just kind of seems like a little bit of a nearly man sometimes with Christoph that when there's the opportunity presented for to some of these players that are on the cusp, um, they don't quite take it when they need to. But look, good um, good performance from Luke Hood Woodhouse. Uh, and another one of the, the big boys was, or the top 16 boys fell early on. Yeah, and then Ryan Searle looked out of shape, out of sorts, and did having that week off and not going to Niedenhausen maybe bite him a little bit. Only averaged 18. Martin Lukeman disposed of heavy metal quite comfortably in the end. And then Bilowetsky against Bunting was a really good game. Bunting edged it 6-5. I think he took out 104, something like that, in the decider. Because we had that one on in um, Hull watching it. Damon Hetter edged out Callan Rids 6-4. Dimitri Vandenberg went berserk. Gob averaged 110 against Florian Hempel. Not bad. He's just got these ridiculous games in here, Dimitri. It's just... And look, he is getting back there at the minute, but it's getting that B game, that level, to just creep up to that 95-96 mark again because he does still have the odd stinker in it. Yep. Completely. Uh, Luke Humphreys edged out Cameron Menzies 6 4. Menzies averaged a ton and lost. Now, here we go. Uh, Lucas Fainick came from behind to beat Dobie 6 4. Both averaged over a ton, but this is where the tweets and comments start. I must admit, we had it on mute, so I didn't hear it. Chat, chat room, you're going to have to help us out here, but Dobie far from impressed from the German crowd when he's throwing for doubles in big moments towards the back end of a game. Why are we surprised? We, we seem to yeah. have had the same conversation for a number of years now. That's how long this, this feels like it's been going on, or at least it feels like I've been calling it out in this manner that it's just been allowed to escalate and get worse and worse and worse because it creates moments that are supposedly good for telly and good attention, etc. And the fact we didn't stamp it out three, four, five years ago, around the world, wherever, just means it's become the accepted norm. And it, it's not right. It, these players are there trying to make a living. And you can almost... Well, look, at some point, the home nation players or the England players, that look, they've had it their own way for a long, long time, having lots of events in the UK and the big TV events, but they're just going to stop going to Euro Tours. They're going to play Pro Tours and they're going to try and qualify for TV events, etc. Or they're going to start putting pressure on the PDPA or, or something. Something's got to change now. Too many players are speaking out. We've seen it high profile with Gezi. We've seen it with um, Gary Anderson's had his issues in the past. Uh, we saw Kim Hybrex speak out a few weeks ago. Uh, Dobie's spoken out now. Joe Collins had his issues. Uh, Daryl Gurney followed Chris Dobie and Kim Hybrex this weekend. And the more vocal the players get, the more likely it is that something has to happen about it. If it doesn't, the PDC are effectively hanging these players out to dry, though. Because what will happen is crowds won't take to them anymore. Yeah. 
Yeah. You do feel don't... sorry for the players in that position. Yeah. Um, Joe Cullen, speaking of him, he lost 6-5 to Ian White, missed seven match starts, got his suitcase an hour before he went to the venue. And then also Dirk lost to Jeffrey Dijuan. And again, Joe and Dirk will be kicking themselves, Liam. They were both both have multiple opportunities in these games. Yeah, and two players that would have fancied themselves to go on a, a real good run this weekend. I mean, I was I was really surprised to see that Ian White beaten Joe Cullen. Um, couple of, I mean, the, the, the whole luggage situation didn't help him either. Dirk, we've seen some really good stuff from him recently, and and Jeffrey not not so much in the last couple of years. He, he's really kind of hit a, a downward slope. Uh, but two players who really would have fancied themselves to go on and lift the title um, on, on Sunday uh, and just some big missed opportunities that um, you really can't afford to miss at the, the top level. Yeah, and uh, then moving on, Cup Collection Day, um, we'll run you through them. Uh, Rodriguez beat Cullen 6-4. Aspinall ended Williams' is hopes in Tria. Uh, Aspinall averaged 103 again, good signs for him. Rasma beats Placia. Crossbeats Woodhouse, Lukeman edged out by Bunting, um, Hetter beats Vandenberg, Humphreys beats Lucas Bainit, and Ian White beats Jeffrey Dejuan. So, quarterfinals going into the evening session of the Euro Tour, quite a mixed field when you look at it. Rodriguez, Aspinall, uh, Rasma Cross, Hetter, Bunting, Humphreys, White. God, that's an interesting final eight. Interesting. Yeah, like, it is interesting. It, it, it meant there was plenty of opportunity for a new European Tour winner, etc. If I'm a fan there watching, I'm a little bit disappointed, though. Because there, there is the absence of so many of your big boys. You've literally got, well, at that point, no Premier League players left from this season. All right, Gary doesn't play in them. You say no Premier League players. None of the top ten. Yeah. Across crossing tenth is the highest person left in coming into the quarterfinals. Granted, and whilst I've got that story in one way, in that you've got nobody there and there's opportunities and chances, and sometimes you do like those tournaments. You're a fan that's there that's gone to a Euro Tour expecting to see the names. You've had three big withdrawals. You've had other players lose out. You're there in the final session and you go in. Well, where did everybody go? Yeah. I mean, um, if you yeah. were asked to pick a couple of quarter finalists at the start of Friday, you would have been a wild pick in this quarter final lineup. Probably Humphreys, Heta, Cross, you might have got with the other five or so names it might have been a little bit more difficult to have uh, predicted their run to the quarterfinals this last weekend if you've picked that eight as your quarterfinal i want you to pick my lottery numbers <laughs> i'm not excited being disrespectful to that eight by the way roby john is in very very good form nathan aspel is on the way back up rasma capable uh bunting has looked very very good again for the last couple of years since that big run at the match play Hetta looks solid. Ian White back in a match play uh, in a Euro Tour quarterfinal as he pretty much made his living from for the last five, six years. 
but just given current form and positions, etc., that's just not the eight you would have picked. Yeah. No, I'm with you. It's, it's nuts. Um, but semi-final lineup, and this is where it got interesting. Rodriguez edged out Rasma in a last leg decider, seven six, and Humphreys absolutely obliterated Bunting, seven nil. So the final was Roby John. Regardless of this result, what a what a weekend for Roby John in terms of his profile and that race for the match play, which we're going to come on to shortly. But although it was great, Liam, will there be part of him now at home today with a little bit of regret because he was in a fabulous position in this one? Yeah, I mean, there's two sides to look at it as well. I mean, it could, it, it will be a, a great learning experience. I'm sure it won't be his last final. They'll be back in. I mean, he's shown so much promise over the last couple of years. Um, but Humphreys, I mean, he's really running into someone who is a, technically a top 10 player. I mean, he's really uh, progressed the last year to 18 months. Luke Humphreys really kicked on. I mean, it's not a surprise that he's winning titles regularly now uh, on the stage. And it's only a matter of time until he probably wins uh, a big one uh, in the not too distant future. Yeah, but Luke Humphreys, what a remarkable season it's been to date. Four European Tour wins now, three in a row for him because he didn't play in Zwolle. So three on the bounce for Luke Humphreys, boys. And this is a special talent now. We've said it for a while that Luke was going to be good, but now we're just seeing how good potentially he is going to be good. Yeah, he's got the advantage and not a lot can go wrong with his throw. It's pretty basic, but it's pretty solid. It's just up and down. Certainly got the belief in himself. I just worry sometimes a little bit that he does a little bit too much talking for my liking. Look, for, again, we say this an awful lot. From our point in the game, players talking and, and saying is massive, but there's conversations about the Premier League and... and whatever else that happened from Luke. And sometimes I think you just have to be patient, wait for those opportunities. We've seen what happens sometimes when you do speak out against the PDC, those opportunities can become further and further away. Um, but look, he's, in, he's in great form, great shape, looks competitive, is, absolutely loves a stage, which I think is, is massive for somebody young, at this level in the game, him and him and Dimitri seem to have this knack of being better players in front of 1,500 or more people than they are in front of nobody. And that's where the money is. They've just got to constantly get there. But they're at a level now where no matter what they do on the floor, they're, they're pretty much going to be there. No, if, you, if you get in the top 16, it's like the exclusive boys club, isn't it? Once you're there, you're pretty much in everything. It's just a matter of not losing first round and TV events, just ticking over money and, and hibernating in there. You look when James Wade, and this isn't saying James Wade's a bad player, but he went through a spell where he wasn't the James Wade that we know, but he just did enough all the time. Even though he wasn't making quarterfinals, just being in these TV tournaments, you accrue enough money, so it's hard to get knocked out of that 16. Yeah, it's very similar to Gary Anderson as well. I mean, a couple of big runs in 
match split to match play finals and world championship finals um, in recent years. I mean, no easy feast by uh, by any means, but just does enough, has the money accrued uh, uh, to just be in all of these tournaments and, and keep picking up money regardless of how well you do in these tournaments. There is a lot of money on offer, even for first round losers, um, and just keeps topping up the ranking money. Yeah, absolutely. So from there, we are going to look at now. We, we, we can talk about it now because it is on the horizon. There are only four Pro Tours left for these players to get to the Winter Gardens. And here it is as we speak. The race for the Betfred World Match Play is on your screen, gentlemen. And right now, if you're Ross Smith and Adrian Lewis, you're a little bit worried. Yes. <laughs> well, you are and you aren't. Look, they're in the Pro Tours. They are the men in position. They've got the men with targets on their back. But if they perform at the same level as everybody else chasing behind them, they're in. So they are a little bit worried. Yes. I'd be more concerned if I was 10,000 away than if I'm currently in that spot. But you just know that you've got to go into this event and perform, which you'd have to have done that if you were... 1500 ahead, you'd have had to do that if you were 3000 behind, sort of thing. So, so you'd still rather be green at this moment than not. Yeah, a, a couple of points. First of all, we'll do the order, uh, the, we'll do the, the main one first. Dave Chisnell and Ratajski in 15th and 16th. Will they be slightly concerned that maybe Sir and Aspinall? Could catch them for a seeding place? No. Yeah, I think what Aspen has shown recently is he's shown the potential that he can could potentially go on and win one of these events uh, in the next couple of days. Cyril as well obviously has uh, the capabilities to go on and win one of them. I think with the form that Ratois Kinchis and have shown recently may see them become a, I mean they are a little bit vulnerable potentially. Uh, I mean, a couple of early round exits and the first couple of days and uh, and the nerves will be ramped right up. Um, so, I mean, they're certainly not safe either um, on, on, on the on the rankings side of things and, and, the, and here. So I think Chisnell and Ratajski have reasons to be concerned, but it's in their own hands again. I mean, they only have to, they are in there at the moment, so they know that a couple of good runs could see them. Um, qualify. Uh, evening, Craig. Hope you are good. Right. So, from the Pro Tour order of merit, barring someone going and winning their first title, how far down the list do we still think is in reasonable consideration to make those final places? Scott Williams. Yeah, I agree. Scott Williams is well. So anything else is just you're looking at final or better, and and then backing it up for the rest of the weekend. And Scott Williams is the absolute furthest I think anybody's going to come from behind without a title. 
Fair enough. Chat room, are you agreeing? Um, Scott Williams is he that barring someone going winning one. So my next one. Are we all saying Clements and above are safe? Yeah. Yeah. You know what's coming. You know what I'm going to ask now, don't you? Piss off. <laughs> Chat room, get involved as well. Who makes it? Who takes those final three places for the Betfred World Match Play? Personally, I think Gildin hangs on. Yeah, I agree. I don't think there'll be three of them replaced in there. Yeah. So, for me, it's 15 and 16. Across the four days. I just think with the form Scott Williams in, the potential of Whitlock, Van der Voort, and also the former Rowby John and Keane Barry, I think there's huge danger to Adrian Lewis and Ross Smith in that chasing pack. Who makes it then, Liam? Who, who are you going for? Who takes the final two places? I think Adrian might just cling on. I think he has the potential of going on one or two runs with the... I mean, I think he has the potential of going on one or two runs that just might keep him in there. And I think Robbie John will just sneak in. I mean, something saying Keen Barry might get in there as well, but maybe that's just a little bit of bias taken over there. So I think Robbie John will replace Ross Smith and Adrian Lewis might just hang on. For you, Gob? Anyone got a fence I can just hop on for now? <laughs> no, sorry. Our, our fence has got razor wire all over the top of it, so you're not sitting on it. I'm not convinced Gilding doesn't get sucked back in, you know. Well, that's up. That's up that, that, you're entitled to that opinion? If it was one weekend, then I'd be like, nah, maybe not. But the fact these guys have got four chances, you're going to see big players drop out. We already know that a couple won't be there. Ricky Evans is a, a last 16 away on day one from being level with Andrew Gildin. So who do you think is taking those final three places? Ross Smith, Scott Williams, and I'm stuck between Gildin or Van der Voort. I think Lewis drops out. I really, really, really want Adrian Lewis to be at Blackpool. But right now, 
I sit here worried. And I, I so want him to be there. But I just think not playing those two in Niedenhausen may may come back and bite him in the back side. Yep. I would love Andrew Gilding to get caught. Not Again, he's a good player. I just don't enjoy watching him play. I think he's very uneasy on TV to watch. Yeah, he can, he can play, no question, but I just think he's uneasy on to watch on TV. If I could, I would love Team Barry, Vincent van der Voort and Simon Whitlock to take those places. But I think, I think Gilding holds on. And I'm going to go with Keen Barry and Vincent van der Voort to find a way in these four Pro Tours to take those final two spots. Chat room, what are you saying? It's going to be mental, isn't it? These, these, these four Pro Tours are literally going to be... Oh, do we reckon it goes down to the final day? Yes. Yeah. 100% for me. Because those those in those chasing groups, some of them will lose first round at least one day. Convinced of it. So, oh, it's going to be so, so close. Um, yeah, Beats and the problem is I'm not convinced Ralby is that good on the floor. He's a bit of a showman. He likes to put on a put on a, a, a show and, and the act he puts on is is a very much a stage game. I'm not sure that translates to the floor. That's why again, that's why I think he misses out. Agreed. Um, right, a week in darts as well. Uh, we haven't got stuff clipped up, but we're going to talk about it. First of all, the ADC stuff. Steve Brown and Dan Reed picking up event wings, and I have to say. I didn't see any of it, but the stuff on social media, boys, all looked amazing from the guys there. Yeah, look, they're doing a good job. I was, there was one line that I was a little bit concerned about with the ABC. It's that they are an organisation for amateur darts. But Steve Brown said that they run it professionally. And whilst that's that's good and bad, I'm just worried about the sort of connotations that sends. Other than that, look, the event looks fantastic. Social media coverage continues to get better and better and better. But I'd be very, very careful about calling anything that deems that is there for amateurs professional, even if it's just the management of the events. Just don't go confusing that because I think there's that level of player that, that semi-pro player that would be happy to be in that but it will put bottom end super league players etc off attending and that's who they're ultimately there to to serve at the moment yeah no, I, I get that but saying your your events professionally run I, I don't i don't i don't dislike that to be fair i mean i mean they had post-match reactions, the stream with the production was good, the lighting was good. I thought it, it was it was uh, impressive um, from them. I mean, if I mean, if you kind of compare to the WDF, that can be questionable at times. It was 
um, quite impressive uh, from that point of view. Yeah. Um, Evening, Cal. Hope you are good, mate. Remember, use your white stems. Um, look forward to you debuting the, the new shirt in Blackpool. Colin um, Ridge so now yeah. hold a record. Is he the only man whose oh, darts yeah. have been beaten twice on a Euro Tour weekend? <laughs> Yeah, it was, it was nice of you to lend, lend Merv a set as well, mate. <laughs> You're not going to like that. <laughs> I might get a less um, polite response than Sharp, Phil. Really? <laughs> <laughs> um, I know I'm going to get asked for it in a second. <laughs> <laughs> Always good to have you on, Cal. Um, so, <laughs> Champions Week in the Lively as well, and I've got, I'm just getting up the. I've got to say, what an absolute belter of a week this is for Champions Week. Um, so Group A starts tomorrow morning. Will be Conan Whitehead, Gavin Carlin, Jean Van Veen, uh, Graham Usher, Josh Payne, Robert Owen. Group B, Matthew Edgar and Nathan Gervin. Group C, Andy Jenkins, Connor Heenahan, who hit a fabulous nine data at the weekend. Uh, David Pallet and Robert Thornton. What a 12 that is, gents, for Champions Week. It's stacked. And in terms of historical names that people have heard of I think group B and C have, have got that a little bit more which just shows you how good the players in group A have played yeah oh the young Dutch lad Gene Van Veen I knew absolutely nothing about him and he came in and was smashing under averages for fun yeah I mean um, it's really difficult to call a winner out of any of them uh, any of them players really I mean they've all group A's they've been probably the most consistent over the last couple of weeks and even some of the names in group B and C it doesn't get any easier for anyone that doesn't qualify straight off out of group A for finals night yeah and yep yeah, Lee Webby is on comms this week um, so you'll have Webster calling in that Uh, Harry says, what's your opinion on the live league becoming boring on Twitter? Uh, just idiots, just have nothing better to say, mate. If they think the live league's boring, they don't watch it. Um, our numbers say otherwise. Is the, is the thing. Um, and look, there are people think that we haven't invited certain players. There have been invites sent out to many player on the continent as well, that have either just not returned, not not responded to an invite, not even answered an email, can't for work commitments or for whatever. So look, the, the people that step up and play, it benefits them. Um, have we missed anything else in a week of darts, boys? Before we open up question time, probably. 
sure we'll be reminded by uh, the chat room. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, Daniel, I don't. I think the wizard will miss out just, mate. Um, don't you worry, uh, Elvis. There is some news dropping soon. Don't you worry. Um, uh, yeah, no, yeah, Johnny, we, we can say it. Um, look, um, John Gwynn's son put a message on social media Saturday night. Yeah. Um, look, it's heartbreaking to read that it's look, you don't like to, to say it, but well, I think we're all just waiting for the post from the family when it happens that we are going to lose another legendary voice broadcaster of of the sport and some of his lines will go down in history, will never be forgotten. But more importantly, what a damn nice man John Gwynn is. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, one of the best. Met him, spoke to him once, and that was at the, the Circus Tavern, and he called in the final for the seniors. And it's just got... I, I never realised just how small... John Gwynn is because his voice is so big and it just carries so far no matter where he is. Um, and yeah, look, it was heartbreaking to to see that post from Andrew. I think I was the, the first one to spot it from the team that were in Hull. And it just sent chills around a little bit for a few moments. A lot of people just just didn't really know where to, to look or, or say for a couple of moments. Um, and like I said... We wish the family all the best at, at this time, but it does look like we are just waiting for Gwynny to be re reunited with, with Sid and Dave and the rest of the yeah. team. Um, and he says, do you know the actual numbers watching? Um, I do on YouTube. I don't for sporty stuff, but I'm certainly on YouTube. They are fantastic numbers per day watching. Shall I tell um, them? I've got it in front of me. Average for the last couple of weeks. Yeah, yeah, go on, mate. It's about 12,000 a show for the last few weeks. I thought, give or take uh, a couple of thousand either way for evening or day sessions or whatever else. That's that's just via YouTube. Yeah, yeah, that, that, that's just via, via us. Yeah. And sporty no. stuff moved up from evening sessions to take everything, so it's clearly doing numbers for them. I mean, yeah. the, the averages alone and the competitiveness of some of the games. I mean, some of the averages James Richardson hit last week and, and finished fifth in the group was just ridiculous, really. I mean, any any of them groups can go anyway. It's really difficult to call a winner, which makes for good viewing all the time. Yeah, agreed. Um Lee, I, I must admit, we don't hear a lot of the commentary from the seniors because we're upstairs, so I couldn't comment because we, we didn't hear a lot of it, did we, God? Because we didn't have sound. Nope. 
So, um, so yeah, I, I, I couldn't comment because we didn't hear it. But we did hear. Uh, I whacked a, a headphone in and watched along on my my account a couple of times. It was Matt Edgar's debut on commentary that we yeah. haven't touched on? I thought he was fantastic. I thought that he was a little bit nervous in the pressure room. He wouldn't quite admit it, I don't think. Um, but look, yeah. you could clearly see he'd done his research. He went into it properly. He gave good insight into the game from a player's point of view. And I thought he complimented and worked with both the other commentators. And we did hear him pretty well. And that's not easy yeah. to do on your debut. To make to make your debut in that environment is incredibly tough. And, and I thought Matt dealt with it really, really well. Yeah, completely agree. Oh, Jean's in the chat room. Hope you are good, mate. Congratulations as well. Fabulous week for you in the live league. Well done, mate. Um, Cal, if I can, mate, you know I will. Ask away. Unless it's something stupid. <laughs> no comment. Before he <laughs> I knew that was coming because that's what he says to me on Snapchat all the time. <laughs> <laughs> um so uh what else did we have here um is humphreys in the top three favorites for the match play um in terms of do we think or are you terms of how the bookies are going to price it if you talk about bookies pricing no because they'll be I think you've just made it, Cal. I think you've just scraped in. Just about done enough, lad, I think. In terms of form-wise, yes, Luke Humphreys is right up there as one of the favourites right now. He is, but he won't be priced that way. No. Definitely not, because... Again, we've seen it with Phil Taylor over this weekend. You have to protect against the guys that have got the history of turning up and doing the business. Uh, right now, so I've got it up with the title sponsors, Betfred. Uh, Luke Humphreys. Luke Humphreys is the sixth favourite. So as we stand right now, Michael Van Gogh is the five to one favourite, which is very generous considering we don't. There are lots of question marks around MBG. Uh, Gerwin Price second, eleven to two. Uh, Peter Wright seven to one. Johnny Clayton eight to one. Uh, Michael Smith eight to one. Luke Humphreys and Dimitri Vandenberg both ten to one. I think that Dimmy. Is not a bad price there. I think so. This, so, so many of the top boys are out of form at the moment. Sarge Reedy's gate, or for one reason or another, just not quite been at it recently. This there could be an opportunity for someone to come outside. I know Dimi's won it before, but um, it could be one of the most open match plays we've seen for quite some time. Yeah, completely. So that's how it's there. Uh, Hunt will be sick for yet yeah, there or thereabouts. Um, the, I did hear a few rumblings about nobody from the seniors will be in the Grand Slam um, later this year. 
Uh, no, and they, they shouldn't be yet either. Look, long term, if the seniors can prove viable, you may see it, but not in its first year was never, ever going to be a consideration. Um, and look, as long as the Grand Slam is ranked, having players from other organisations in just, just doesn't really sit with me as it's a ranked tournament. I agree, but I also don't like the slam. I don't like it being ranked. I don't like the number of qualifiers, the, the eight quarter of your field as, as qualifiers. I think you've had enough chances through winning tournaments. I don't like how late the criteria has been announced once again. I'm not a massive fan of the format after the groups. Um, the trophy's a bit naff. No one likes Wolverhampton. Anything else? Other than that, I think it's a great tournament. <laughs> Other than that, Cobb's having a lovely time. <laughs> um, so, yeah, no, I, I wasn't surprised at all. Um, did we hear the interview yeah, uh, with Wessel Nyman? Yes. Um, I thought, personally, I thought it was a good piece. I think it could have gone further as well. Um, but I, I liked it, and like I said on on social media, he's been given a second chance of his talent. Just don't waste it. He's not been given a chance yet. He will get that chance, won't he? Like he's still serving. A plan, uh, isn't February, it? February, I think it's up. So, yeah. Um, may see it. one of five on my shortlist yet. Don't disagree. <laughs> to be fair, Cal, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't, wouldn't mind the Grand Slam in Newcastle. Is the brand new arena? I would. Oh, I don't. Is the brand new arena in Gateshead open yet? Because it could be there. I've been to Newcastle once. And they wouldn't let us in Weatherspoons because one of the lads was wearing trackies. What sort of Weatherspoons has a dress code? A proper one. Who do you think you are? <laughs> <laughs> it's, not, it's not like Weatherspoons spoons to pick and choose, really, is it? <laughs> um, a couple of people asking about the draw for the match play. Yeah, I would expect it to appear on PDC socials around... Two or three o'clock Monday afternoon. God raises the eyebrows there. He knows. Here is the optimum word. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Um, yeah, look, we, we don't know how MVG is going to be yet. He could be undercooked come the match play. Um Yeah, <laughs> um, well, again, get your questions in. We've got about 10 more minutes to rattle through. Um, I apologise now if you're in Blackpool the second weekend of the match play and you see God roaming around on a stag do.
top of the match, but I think that's it. <laughs> um, a few more in there. So, Peter says, do you think Durham will retire or join the seniors is bound to lose his tour card in the next 18 months? I don't think Glenn will retire. I think he's getting a lot out of his coaching at the minute. I think it's given him something to focus on away from the hockey. If he loses his tour card, I'm not convinced he will go back to Q school. Not yet, anyway. I think he'll explore as a three-time WDF world champion or BDO world champion. I don't think he'd be too proud to go back in, play a few opens, get himself back in local darts. There's absolutely no way he wouldn't get invited to the live league, etc. No, I'm not involved in the running of it, but a name like Dozza, free and able to play for a week, is going to get an invite to things like the live league. And I'd suspect he'll be invited to the World Seniors as well at some point. You've got a three-time world champion that speaks pretty well, promotes pretty well on social media, is still capable of playing at a decent level um, and will will endorse the tour in a very good way. So, yeah, look, uh, there are avenues for Glenn Durham right now. Oh, completely. Um, someone asked about Peter Wright. Yeah, Peter Wright is on the entry list for the pro tours um so yeah um michael's choice not to play in these um these pro tour events um was i surprised no i'm surprised he's not playing in the last two or something or giving himself the first one or two and then giving himself time just a selection of these pro tours get himself in the country, get settled. I appreciate that the draw won't come until after these block of four, which then becomes an issue to work out when you're playing, etc. And there's an art argument to have time at home with the family. But where he does lack that match practice, don't get me wrong, he played to a pretty decent level in Amsterdam. Um, but this reluctance to, to play on it again at the minute um, is a little bit of concern. You can't begrudge him for wanting to play in front of an Amsterdam crowd. Doesn't get to do it very often. No, about 100%. Um, the pro tour dates. I thought it was Thursday to Sunday, not Friday to Monday. So I was just looking. Yeah. No, it is Friday to Monday. Oh. Might have to check our calendar. Yeah. Yeah. You know, James, you know. Uh, Bob says, will there be more people playing in the seniors next year? There'll be more players in the World Championship. That was announced over the weekend. That field is moving to 32 players. As for the rest of it, your guess is as good as ours. Hopefully there are more players um, at qualifiers and at the tour events, etc. Um, that can continue to show just how good that side of the over-50s game is. Um, and, and who knows where the tour can go from there um and would use risk not feel good we're not sure um 
Who of the PDC darts refs is the best dart player? I think it's... Oh. George Noble played county for a bit, didn't he? Yeah, no, George, George used to play quite a lot. I don't know what he's like now. Russ used to play Noble a bit. County. Russ used to play a bit, and I know Kirk played to a half-decent level at uni. Yeah, Kirk, Kirk plays plays a bit as well. Yeah. Um, in terms of the best, not a clue. Um, yeah. Has Barney's return been underwhelming? There we go. That's one to sink our teeth into for a couple of minutes. Um, whilst we do that quickly, yes, base the um, Euro Tour qualifier is on the Thursday. Um, has it been underwhelming? Yes. I mean, he's won a pro tour, which I didn't see happening. I think because he won that so early, that's why I think it's underwhelming. The fact he won it early and has not kicked for me. Does that mean we can get the Barney alarm out? So, yeah, no, yeah, for, for me... I was because he won the pro tour so early. I was expecting a little bit more. Um, yeah, uh, yes, Daniel, I'm in Blackpool all week. Yeah, Barney, another good name for the seniors in the next couple of years potentially. That's what we're waiting for, isn't it? Barney versus Phil at one of these. Once, one more time. Barney v. Phil at the I mean, tavern. Yeah. Yeah, James Barney says Barney is 43rd on the tour card race. And considering this is his second year, that's a little bit... a little bit underwhelming. For me. And there it is. Because <laughs> um, TV tournament-wise, he's only qualified for the players' championships in the worlds as well. He's not really, he's not really qualified for anything else. See, it's difficult to push on if you're not in them TV tournaments as well, I mean, to really I mean, a quarterfinal run at one of them puts you back on the map you get the rank and money up, you qualify for more tournaments and then you afford you more opportunities to kick on if you're not in them tournaments it's difficult to make a big impression Yeah Yeah, agreed um, Yes, Craig the fallout bar will return for the match play Yay! <laughs> to be fair, we normally get some early finishes at the match play. Not like the Premier League. Um, right, last couple then, guys. We have got about five minutes left, so make them good. 
so then Gob can go and get some proper sleep. It's <laughs> a good okay, question from like Matthew in the chat room. Um, if the senior was there before Barney came, would he have come on back? Um, Look, I know it's all well and good saying it, but if COVID hadn't have hit, I don't think he'd have come back. I mean, the competitive That's... nature of some of these players will also will always mean that they have that itch, and they'll always believe deep down that they can still compete at the yeah. highest level. Um, but. Because of the grueling nature of Q School, if there was all them other opportunities that are available now, exhibitions, etc., then more than likely probably not, but they weren't available at the time, so. Uh, good one from Jackie, I like this. Says, will the ladies match play spring any surprises? If so, who? I don't think there'll be a surprise winner. I agree. I, I think I think the the final will be the final we'll think. But I think Eileen de Graff may be the spoiler. I thought she played amazingly at the last block of women's series. If if anyone spoils the show, it may be a um Aileen. What do you boys think? I mean, it's difficult because it's a TV tournament on stage. I mean, can they replicate some of the form they've shown on the floor, some of these players, uh, when it really comes down to, I mean, the top female players have so much more experience than some of the lower players that we haven't seen so much in front of the TV cameras and on the stage. So I think that would count for a lot. Um, going into the match play yeah I, I agree and, and and that's that's kind of my thinking that some of the young youngsters and that have done amazingly Chloe O'Brien Katie Sheldon did absolutely superb to qualify but going up on that famous stage for the first time may just be a little bit daunting we've seen it do some silly things to seasoned pros before let alone Novices. Right then, last one before we wrap up. Um, just really looking forward to the women's match play. Yeah, no, I agree. I am as well. I know Mace is um, as well. We're going to be doing a bit with Mace on the women's match play from Blackpool. Also, dropping tomorrow, we do have an extended hour-long sit-down with Mace dropping. It's in the back end of YouTube, so that will be dropping tomorrow for you all. Covered some really good stuff with Mace back end of last week. Took a while to edit and export, but it is there and all ready to go. Um, that brings us to an end of the show this evening. Been that. Really enjoyed tonight, boys. Liam, enjoyed the... um. 
Yeah, it's good to be back. Uh, why um, Vice is out tanning himself, uh, and I look forward to jumping in a little bit more as the match plays just around the corner. It's good to be back with you boys again. Yeah, um, got superb in the hole, lad. Absolutely smashed it. Remember, if you haven't yet, make sure you subscribe to the channel, turn notifications on, give us a follow all social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. We have got a TikTok platform now as well. We don't really know what we're doing, but go over um, and, and have a look at it. And of course, here at YouTube, all the reaction as it happens. The live league returns tomorrow, 9.30 for Champions Week, all on the line. I've been Phil Bart, Jack Garwood, Liam Riley. Absolute pleasure to have you all along for the last two hours on Monday. And we will see you all next week for the Live Lounge. We love our pets, but when the floor is covered in fur, that's harder to love. Eufy X10 Pro Omni Robot Vacuum has powerful 8,000 PA suction to make hair vanish from floors in just one pass. Plus, the roller brush has automatic detangling for easy hands-free maintenance. Want to know more? Go to eufy.com, that's E-U-F-Y.com, and discover X10 Pro Omni, the best-in-class all-in-one robot vacuum for only $799.